I'll give you a clue. It was Grimsby. They are pressing quite well. What's happened there? You've got to be joking. Oh, sorry, I've done the wrong around. I've won an arrow. Sorry. He must have a horseshoe up his ass. <laughs> if we're playing on professional and that's happening for Barcelona. Um, uh, two years ago. Sorry about that. <laughs> that. I'm sorry, that's just put me off the game. I'm not having that. Anyway, segue, moving on. What has that got to do with football? Why is that out of football ground? Hello and welcome to another ramble from the Honest Football Podcast, where we bring honesty back to the beautiful game. I'm Craig Savage and with me as always is Charlie Betts and Daniel Cody. We've had a busy week. We have had a busy week and it's probably been our most exciting week since making a podcast, I guess. We've we've just started in recent weeks doing collaborations for our favourite game series and we had a former Premier League official we did. last week, which was great. Charlie had a lovely interview with Bobby Madden. <laughs> it came across really well. Oh, top bloke. I got it was a fantastic good. interview. So you can catch those on Spotify every week. Bobby Madley being the latest one. And then in midweek, we headed off to Wickham Tranmere in the FA Cup first round replay, which we'll obviously talk about a bit more in a moment, the game and such around it. Um, but at that one, we got to interview the Tranmere chairman, Mark Palios, who was very kind and gave us some of his time. Yeah. He was really brilliant, a top football man. You could tell he wanted what was best for the club. And we did a match day vlog for the first ever time, which we'll do a few more of going forward. Mm. First one's on YouTube. Thank you to everyone who's watched it because it's done rather well. And if you enjoy it and want to see more, then subscribe for regular content from it. But obviously back to the main subject of Wickham v Tranmere, only the second game that we've all been to together. Yes. It was a wonderful evening, wasn't it? For so many reasons. Well, they've sort of become our... our uh, well, I'm speaking on your behalf, Dan, because I know this, that was the first time we saw them, but prior to Wednesday night, they've sort of become our adopted team for the year because um, Craig and I went to watch them against uh, Milton Keith Dons. Yes. Sort of fell in love with the fans and the club and, yeah, sort of thought, well, this year, let's see. If they're in and around the area, we'll try and, and catch them. And, yeah, it turned out to be... And, 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 wouldn't necessarily best to say the best football, but as an experience, another incredible evening with uh, with Tranmere. So yeah, it felt like a the cup tie of the game. Well, like, it was. That's yeah, where <laughs> <no, but> like, <laughs> I'm going with it is like, no, it felt differently to compared to the league game. Yes, yeah. both they had nothing to lose. Obviously, you got Chichester in the next round of the cup, which is going to be live on BT Sport. And you'd um, expect to get to the third round and possibly get a big tie if you can get past this opponent. Can't you? Yeah, and and Tranmere, from point of view, it's obviously. Two promotions in the last two seasons. Mm. A little bit of extra money from the TV. Even though they had TV money from the Sky game that they Absolutely. had against Wickham on mm. the weekend. But even more, more still more publicity for an FA Cup. I know it's Chichester. But it's their well, day out, but... In the day I'm going to shamelessly drop the plug in. that Obviously, we got to interview Mark Palios, the former Tranmere chairman, which obviously is part of the vlog. But he, I think he was quite tactful the way he said it. But I think everyone could tell that this was a huge opportunity because of not being with Chichester in the next round. To get to the third round, he was very respectful, but he did, in essence, indicate that he would expect to be in the third round if they won that. Game. Yeah, and so of course, there's a lot riding on it. And of course, both teams, it did probably help us as an experience going to mm. to a game like that because we then got to see probably two stronger 11s than we would have. Yeah, I was about to say that, which was really good, and we got to see two first teams essentially. Yeah, the cup tie itself had pretty much everything you want from a cup tie. Mm. One team taking the lead, a red card, a brilliant comeback, extra time, yeah. a brilliant finish from outside the box. It just had a bit of everything. Yeah, it did actually. I think, I, I, for me personally, I feel like it was, uh, it did the, it, it gave the the cup the respect it deserved. And I'm not, I don't know if every team's going to do that, but like it say, felt put, like it felt like a magic of the FA Cup. Yeah, player, didn't it? exactly. So I think there was obviously, you know, I don't want to give away too much of what's in that that vlog because we want you to watch it, but 
there's maybe a few bits that um, we didn't quite mention on there. For example, when Wickham took off Akin Fenwar, for, uh, you know, in the second half, completely, completely shot themselves in the foot, didn't they? With that, like yeah. it's just little, little bits like that. That it was a it was a largely bizarre evening, but yeah. Uh, uh, a really brilliant thing. Obviously, one of the other bits that myself and Charlie got to experience, sorry, Craig, is um, <laughs> we got to go into the hospitality area. We did. Which obviously was... Well, not obviously. It probably something we didn't not, quite not expect. You, yeah, it was say, such a we? different side yeah. of football. Seeing how involved the media people mm. are. So I did work experience at Luton about 10 years ago, and the media people, yes, you went to the pre-match interviews and things like that, but on a match day, they weren't really involved yeah, at I all. I think it's a lot different. I think social media is... Taken out has blown up so much on ten years and ago that's it. is where obviously you get your media man, you get people they get someone filming the warm up, like someone taking shots yeah. of the goalkeeper or just a little rondo or something like that. Um, and um, it's just little things that obviously that fans want to still feel part of. Mm. And seeing obviously you guys went into the uh, into the hospitality suite to just before you interview Mark players, you get you get to see experience something well, different I couldn't believe in a weird way how chaotic it was and what I mean by chaotic is people coming in people coming out you know having to flash this ID you know it was just that, that reception area even was just full of people you know old. and I mean without the head of media we weren't getting anywhere he no, had no. To, he had to basically force a security person <laughs> to let us into a room yeah. we got to is... see I mean we probably can't mention who and what clubs but we got to see which scouts were attending yeah. the game of which there was 12 stage. at least 12 scouts at an FA Cup first round tie we got to do the interview with Mark Palios in the press room at the end of the tunnel yeah. when we came out there's players coming in from the warm up it was just it was such a different side of football well, it was I, unbelievable I don't and, um, I, I haven't realised because like I've, I've done non-league obviously played for non-league yeah, yeah. but no obviously I, I feel like at times it feels chaotic just yeah like, oh quick I need to get the team sheet in and yeah oh have we got well, this in like it's not nice to know that that happens in the football well, that yeah, yeah, to, to see it here that it's sounding more chaotic and like that should be easy that should yeah. be like bread and butter it should be right there done 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 but you got to remember I think we we sometimes get you got to remember because we sometimes get, get fall into that bubble of the Premier League where probably it is done. There's one person's job who's the whole day is just to do team sheets. But I believe the part of the reason we were delayed was a Mark, we got there before Mark Palios, but also was it Matt the so head Matt of, Cecil the head of media at Wickham? He was doing the team sheets before, yeah. so that's why we so didn't even get to go through team. until then. So that was part of it, you know. So I think it's I do want to take that one opportunity to say a big thank you to him and all of the staff at yeah. Wickham for the hospitality. Because let's be honest. We're a, we're a poxy little podcast that's relatively new, <laughs> yeah. and they were very hospitable to us and organised for us to interview the Tranmere chairman, which yeah. is something that probably two weeks ago we didn't think we'd be doing. So, yeah, and no, we didn't think it was going to get Robbie Madley two weeks ago. No, so. no. One more, it, it was a great tie for both sides. One more thing I wanted to add, and, and it was just because I thought, although he came across brilliantly in an interview with you, Dan, was even afterwards, Mark Palios is an absolute gentleman. He genuinely took an interest, whether he meant it or not, I don't know, but he looked like he was genuine about what we were doing. He was quite supportive when we said that, you know, we tend to avoid the Premier League, we try and focus on the EFL and non-league. And he said, you know, I can't use that words now, but basically it's the 72 that are the bre- the bedrock of, of football in this country. So, you know, it is that, I think he was just a top football bloke and, and genuinely one of the nicest people I think I've met in a long while. So, you know, I don't know, you obviously met him as well. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. I just found I found it to be a really great yeah. experience. Everyone on both teams was brilliant. Yeah. Um, and we couldn't have been made to feel more welcome. No. So a massive thank you to everyone involved. Um, so, Dan, oh, sorry, you're going to. No, no, I'll, 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 I'll start it, but you can carry no, on. I was going to say, so obviously last week we didn't record a ramble because I was sick with the flu. Um, and Craig, you went to a non league game. Which I we'll went come to my to own team um, later on, which I don't think you want to talk about too much. No. But, Dan, you went to a score fest. Uh, would you like to tell us a bit more about that um, where you went and what you did <laughs> yeah another unbelievable game uh, so last Saturday I went to Northampton Town v Crew. 
So part of the reason for this, uh, it's a new EFL app where you can win tickets when you're games. So when I was at Luton game, I won tickets. I'm a season ticket holder. I can't get any home tickets for Luton. <laughs> so I went to Northampton, which was yep. the most local one that I was available to go to. International weekends, Luton now in the championships mm-hmm. are not playing. Perfect opportunity. Uh, it was also my other ass first football game, which was. Oh, oh did you go in? I didn't know that. Oh, that's nervous. a game changer, that is. So, and she had, quite a good first half, wasn't the it? Fact <laughs> that considering she didn't like football and she had an unbelievable time, tells you how good the game <laughs> it was. So, in terms of the, the game, one of the things I was most excited about was seeing former Luton central midfielder Alan McCormack, because <laughs> he's a little ratty Irish defensive midfielder <laughs> who can spray a brilliant pass away. Yeah. A brilliant pass, and as an as a, as a man with plenty of Irish blood myself, I can tell you, <laughs> <laughs> there's a few times. All you could hear, all you could hear every time the ball went out for a throw in, a free kick was given, was him just giving it the old feck feck feck. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was brilliant. Um, we were sat in a family standard, obviously sat in the section where they don't yeah. normally sell tickets. About ten yards to our left was David Craig, the Sky Sports News reporter, doing right. his like uh, so Saturday bits. It's interesting, right? Is that the first time you've been to? Is it Sixfields? Yes. Yeah, so first time you've been there. Obviously, two off the ninety-two this week. Right. Um, but what a wonderful game of football! So the first half, uh, crew started brilliantly for the first ten yeah. minutes. What's the ground like? Sorry, before you go any further, is it? Um, so it's been recently redeveloped, to my understanding. Yeah, a few years ago. Yeah. So one stand, the main stand, which we were opposite. Absolutely lovely, two tiers, a bit like Wickham's main stands the right. other day, possibly slightly smaller. Behind the goal, two little old-fashioned stands, yeah. all seating though. And then the stand we were in, the, the front half looked finished, it looked nice, it was mm. a nice little stand of ten rows or so. And then just a big thing of scaffolding behind oh, it. Really? <laughs> Would you sit in um, opposite the dugouts? Yes, correct. So the TV camera, so you was on the other side of the pitch. Absolutely. So, so yeah, um, that's what the, what the new one they re- recently yeah re- so they, it's just because they haven't finished the development basically so you were saying sorry years. first 10 minutes sorry for, for the first 10 minutes yeah crew were on top um, and then unfortunately they seemed to cease the ability to defend set pieces <laughs> uh, so a couple of goals coming from free kicks and set pieces and then a uh, quick fire penalty just after that made it 3-0 to Northampton brilliant start to so the this game. was in how many minutes it's brilliant excitement probably about 25 maybe right most um, and we just had a bit of everything. It was fantastic. Mm. A great game of football. Krunik won back before half time. Northampton came out and got another after the break. And there were it was just one of those games. There was twenty chances at each end. It was end to end stuff. There were brilliant saves, awful misses, mm. sitters flying out the stadium. It was everything you want from lower league football and probably the best advert you could have asked for in the international break. Fair enough. And then so just a couple of questions from that. Was there anyone there who maybe you hadn't in terms of players? Who hadn't quite heard of before, or something you know, like one to look out for, maybe in a, you know, or well, I know I, you've mentioned McCormack. Was anyone who's maybe a bit more of a rough diamond? Uh, anyone that caught your eye? That's what I'm. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Sorry, um, I would argue that I know I'm probably being biased. I would argue Alan McCormack was probably the best yeah. player on the pitch in terms of passing range and ability. Uh, they had a good player on the right hand side, and I've forgotten his name now, so you'll have to forgive me for it. Number 44, he, he scored a beautiful little dink for the fourth for Northampton. Right. It's a great finish, otherwise, it was pretty redundant, but it was a brilliant finish. Yeah. Most of the crew side I knew from managing oh, yeah. oh, you did FIFA, yeah. FIFA series with them, but um, they've got a really young side. They could have gone top if they won the game, right? And it was a wow. real good game between two top seven sides, yeah. and based on what I saw, I'd expect them to both play right. at the yeah. end. Yeah. And final question Did you get any food in the ground? Um, I didn't get any food in the ground, right. largely because there's about a thousand restaurants surrounding the Mer. Oh, okay, yes, that is true. Right, um, and we were staying in a, a local hotel, Travel Lodge. Others are available. <laughs> uh, it's literally two minutes across the road. Yeah, it was just a brilliant weekend. Everything was fantastic there. Really nice ground, nice mm. staff again, 
and the family fun zone they seem to be putting a lot of effort into yeah. that which is something you've got to appreciate as a football would you player. go back should you ever get the opportunity you know for maybe I, I had the first thing I did after was looked at an opportunity I could go back oh, okay. I enjoyed the game that much I brilliant. thought it was brilliant very good Um, so it is time for another tale of the unexpected. Uh, so you remember from previous weeks, which feels like ages ago actually. Um, well, yeah, it's been a very long time. It's because you've been off sick for a no, while. No, I, I apologise <laughs> for that. I've still got remnants of it now, but anyway. Um, so uh, I think you gave it to encode. <laughs> well, you saw what my voice was. Well, like I saw that, that, yeah, that norovirus is back or whatever it is. But anyway, the um, so we're going back to uh, 1982. Now you remember the last few weeks I had a theme of games that were won unexpectedly or sort of dodgy results, basically, is what I was heading towards. And we've got another one of those. So we're going back to the 1982 World Cup. Yes. Okay. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Craig. Thank you for uh, Sorry, currently Lefau. watching Levante and Mallorca. Yeah, and it was a foul throw, but somehow he's still played on. It's a flick on. Oh! oh yeah, was a uh, so, this is good. <laughs> I had no editing to do until this point. Uh, so, West Germany versus Austria in the 1982 World oh, Cup. Oh, I remember this game. So, remember, yeah, you, know, you know the context know, of it. But essentially, um, Algeria gets shafted because they're in a group with West Germany and Austria. Now, all it needs to happen for both teams to go through, West Germany and Austria, is for West Germany to win by one goal. Now, that sounds like a you know a bit dodgy because they're quite close to each other. Have sometimes been adversaries, sometimes been allies, you know, in various political contexts. But for now, we'll, we'll put that aside. The problem was was that yes, they only needed to buy, win by one goal for them both to go through. West Germany scored quite early on into the game. Now, that would have put both teams through, but they're then facing the quandary of, we've got about 70 minutes now to try and string this out into looking like we're trying to play, but obviously not. Um, what happened was, was, essentially, both teams just went completely long ball, just knocking, knocking nothing balls into the corners uh, for throw-ins, you know, ball going to someone's foot. Exactly, yeah. Now, really, technically, I suppose it throws up the moral question, have they done anything wrong? Are they playing the game in the best spirit? Algeria tried to get it um, sort of replayed, etc. Et uh, there was some chance from uh, some, because I think it was World Cup time in Spain in the 80s, wasn't it? Yeah, Spain. So there was lots of you know neutral fans who were just shouting, let them kiss, because uh, they were just saying in terms of how much you know they've all both sort of uh, love each other in the, in the sense of trying to get both teams through. So it is a bit frustrating, it is a bit of an aggro. Um, but on the back of that, uh, Algeria lodged an appeal. It was debated, but unfortunately, FIFA pointed out actually no rules were broken, yeah, which would be your response, Craig, to quite a lot of situations. No, no, to be because, honest, um, no, because that, um, that what that happened, Algeria still had the game to play. So they, that, this is before both teams, uh, both games, yeah. had to play at the same time. So they played this third game, and then obviously they both were through, and Algeria had nothing to play for. So, and then they brought that rule in, so it matches. It. I was about to say the reason that this was a significant match was because, as you just alluded to, Craig, they, that was the, the last time that they played the last game of a group at different times. Yeah. And obviously, then you could play for a particular result. I, I do have one comment to make on this, which is probably going to surprise Charlie, which is I don't have a problem with it. Right. And the reason for that is I'm very much of the belief of, and it's an argument that Mick McCarthy used when he played the week inside the walls a few years back. Yes. If you get the job done early enough, you can do what you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I suppose. I don't have a problem with it, 
But the way it, what it looked on TV, oh, yeah. it's gonna look really awful. bad. It's awful. Is it in the spirit of the game? You know, if Germany could have put five past Austria, would, would should they have? It's or? not in the spirit of the game. We don't want to see it. But yeah, and against the rules. No, no. But, but so obviously, it's led to a brilliant thing for us, which yeah. is games kicking off at the same time. I remember. I remember. Um, I know it's completely different to the World Cup, but. Um, Huddersfield and Barnsley were uh, playing each other last day of the season. Mm. Both teams needed to survive, and it got to the point where at one, I think Chris um, Peterborough were playing Crystal Palace away. Now Peterborough just conceded um, a last-minute goal to Palace. I think it might be Kevin Blitzer scoring. But um, Huddersfield and Barnsley were drawing two-two at the time. They heard the news that Peterborough were losing, so at that time Peterborough were going down, and Huddersfield so and Barnsley. Just stopped. Stopped. They literally stopped. Like, it got to stoppage time. They had six hundred minutes of stoppage time. The ball stopped. No, no one played. <laughs> they, they, they just, they, the ball went back to the goalkeeper. He just stood there, and all the, the Barnsley and Huddersfield players just sit, like, just stand still. Some people were sitting down. <laughs> and it's baffling. It just literally. And um, both teams. Like, so Jeff much Sanders going mad. Jeff Sanders going mad. Yeah. Barnsley, um, Barnsley and Huddersfield fans were singing Yorkshire because obviously they're both from Yorkshire. <laughs> And it was like, it was incredible, yeah, like so much ten, it. six it's minutes of the game. That's quality. It gets to that stage, though. You think, like, at the start of that day, but a, a pretty local derby, yeah. trying one to survive, one to go down, at the start of that game, there is pure hatred. You must yeah, win yeah. this game. And by the end, they're begging each other to stop and let each other yeah, draw. Yeah. And that shows how much local rivalry is oh, it shows, yeah. It's brilliant. It shows the power of it, doesn't it? But yeah, that's that. There are a few other examples. I vaguely remember Denmark and Sweden a few years ago. They didn't they need to draw two all of each other was to qualify yeah, for was that, um, 2004? one of the Euros. But yeah, that, so it obviously happens. There's nothing wrong. It does throw up a massive moral question. There is um, an... A, Get rid of group stages. Well, yeah. That's the problem. There is a, a... For next week's one, I've got almost the opposite of that. So there is a game for that next week, which throws all of that on its head. But yeah. And moving on to any other business, and there was a British record uh, that happened in the in the football this week. Do you know what it was? Well, I do because you've told us. But for the I'm sake not, of this episode, no, no, I don't. Not a clue, crash. <laughs> so, um, penalty shootouts. We love a penalty shootout. We thought we was going to see a penalty shootout. Very close to one um, the night, yeah. during the week. Wickham and Tramu. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. That was that the only thing that was missing from the game? I wouldn't say unfortunately. Unfortunately, it was one of the best extra times I've ever seen. Yeah, no, I'll give you that. And also, maybe we got home a little bit earlier. But anyway. Well, yeah. Well, I say that after you made us walk about four miles to your car. Yeah. So, it was a non-league cup tie in the Southern League Challenge Cup between Taunton Town and Truro City. Right. Truro City, don't we? City, That's where South lost. Yeah, unfortunately got a record. They took 34... Penalty kicks. 34? Yes. Uh, it's so is that the a British record? It's the equal to the British record. Uh, who's that equaled with? It says equaled with Chelsea under 23s and Oxford United in the EFL trophy right. from uh, few, uh, 2016. So what was the score going to sudden death on these penalties? It finished 2-2. Two, 2-2? Two. Two, two. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Inter- sorry. It, it finished so, yeah, game. Sorry, yeah. But it finished 12-11. To Taunton. Wow, that's eleven. I missed. Pe- oh, ten missed penalties. Uh, Is it as many as that? I suppose you have five eleven missed penalties. Sorry, bad maths. That eleven. Wow, that's incredible. So, eleven what, missed penalties. What yes. was the score going? So, how many were missed before sudden death? So, like up to the first five penalties. So, uh, up to five, it was three all after five penalties. Wow. So already two missed. And then probably. they both scored their, their next five. But obviously missed one, there, and then scored the next three. And then Taunton missed what? two. Uh, both missed two after that. So obviously, the and keepers, then Taunton scored the winner. Keepers obviously had one because obviously three. keepers have had a go. Wow! But thirty-four spot kicks. When you think about it, well, how long did it say? How long it took to get through? 
Uh, it's got to be what? I mean, how long does it take one minute? Yeah, about a minute and two minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a long time. That's That's incredible. Everything is lower league football is better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to know what the the world record is? You've got value for money there. What's the world record? So, the world record at a professional level was established in 2005 when a Namibian. Yeah, thank you, Charlie. Cup tie, it settled after 48. Um, spot kicks. 48. In that game, KK Palace hurled their nerve to defeat the Civics 17-16 following a 2-2 draw. <laughs> Incredible. Just goes to show, practice makes perfect. Does it? No, not really. Well, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on, obviously, year, obviously it was international week uh, last week. Obviously, yes. I said Cody didn't get to watch Luton because obviously Luton are in the championship now. Uh, the European qualifiers have near enough been completed obviously Euro 2020 is next season England have qualified Wales have yeah. qualified Ireland have a playoff Ireland. Scotland have a playoff from the Nations League yeah and Northern Ireland both Ireland have a playoff yeah. um, so I'm just going to quickly tell you the draw because it happened today for well, the playoffs I didn't realise I knew about the Nations League but is there like is this expanded playoffs now is that what they call it so it used to be in the old days didn't it where you had a playoff first a uh, home leg away leg and if you won you went through essentially didn't you so that's still that's still the case for the group ones the Euro playoffs if I remember right is that correct so the teams that finished in the Euro in the playoffs based on their group position they will still qualify if they win their tie so the playoff draws it's been mixed into pots so like you have a path A path B path C and D oh it's so confusing I know this, this is where the top level of football is fucking ruined so <laughs> path A consists of Iceland Romania Bulgaria and Hungary so that must be what you're saying which is that they're the teams who qualified for the playoffs through their groups from some, some, some obviously qualified from the uh, groups and some qualify from winning their way, Nations League groups, some sorry. some do but right. some who have already won are probably already qualified from the Euro play, uh, from the qualifiers already. Right. Oh, so it, got, it gets it so gets it goes down to, goes down to the next level. Because so I was going to say, for example, Iceland got relegated from their nation league, and they're somehow in the playoffs now. Because well, the team who were first, first, second, second have already qualified. Really I think that's what's happened with Northern Ireland. I know they had a good qualifying run, but they, 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 they didn't win a single they, nations no, league game. So average, I think they won one, but they they did yeah. go get relegated from the nations league. Their group in the nation league. So obviously Ireland was an exceeded team. Why I, make this so confusing? Why make it this complicated to try and work out who's playing well, where? See, I'm what? not against the thing of the nations league group no, ones no, getting a chance to qualify. But it should be completely separate to the group playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So the exactly. teams who get in the playoffs because of their group positions in the qualifying group, so like Northern Ireland who finished third, uh, Ireland who finished third, etc. Let them have their own playoffs yeah. as they used to, and in the teams who won their nations yeah, league group, agreed. let them have a playoff. Agreed. And the ones who win out of those go through to the yeah, to the finals. Essentially, I know that they, you know, I'm just using Northern Ireland as an example because I probably followed the results slightly more than mm. than other teams. Well, you wrote a Northern Ireland shirt, aren't when you? They, yeah, my in-laws and all of that. But the point being is that. They had a tough group. If you finish third in your group, you've probably earned the right to a playoff. You know, do you know what I mean? But if you're one of those Nations League teams, have you earned the right to a, a playoff? And what I mean by that is, is that well, you won the group. You won the group. No, but what I'm saying is, is that if you were in, the, you know, is but you haven't necessarily is winning a Nations League group where you only play two other teams the same as getting well, third they, in I a qualifying group where well, you have to play what well, they, ten they, fixtures? Yeah, so. They will have three other teams. It's only group A, uh, part A. I just find it unnecessarily confusing. Three teams. It's it's made more complicated than it needs to be. It's it's unfortunate because then people are asking questions about how it's done rather than looking forward to the games. But it does. Like like Scotland v Israel, 
That's yeah. an exciting tie, that. But yeah, so I might if, head, if, yeah. you, if you win two games in a playoff, that, that should be enough to get you to the tournament. Yeah. The fact you've got then got to go to another game after that, it's almost like when we had ah, these super see. playoffs in non-league, where you finish the league, you know, you've done all the... You win the playoffs for your league, and then suddenly you've got to play another playoff. Yeah, exactly, it doesn't make sense. The yeah. thing is, obviously, there's no two-legged ties for these playoffs games. There's just one, and you're done. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll go through the draws quickly. And then so, it comes to luck again, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, so, the draw, yeah. obviously, I'll give you the draws. Iceland v Romania and Pot A, and Bulgaria v Hungary. So, if they win well, each other... Play goes to either Bulgaria or Hungary on the, right. three days later. Pro, uh, path B is Bosnia and Herzegovina v Northern Ireland and Slovakia versus Republic of Ireland. The winners of that go to Bosnia or um, Belfast. Or yeah. Belfast. So, Which, for example, Northern Ireland and I- Republic of Ireland play each other at Belfast. I will say that will be an incredibly feisty. tight, yeah, tight fixture. I think it's the way to put it. <laughs> so, uh, path C, police nightmare. Police <laughs> nightmare. Happy somewhere else. Uh, path C, Scotland. Israel's Curly said earlier and Norway versus Serbia obviously the winners go to Norway or Serbia and path D is Georgia v Belarus and North Macedonia v Kosovo and the winners of that will go to Georgia v or so, Belarus sorry I know you don't know off the so path D that's purely from Nations League path D is um, some from Nations League and obviously the playoff uh, whoever I think right. it's Kosovo finished third because I'm, I'm just looking at it and thinking one of those four is going to get there, and it's probably going to be whipping boys. With all due respect, maybe not Kosovo. Well, yeah, probably Kosovo. Kosovo, well, not a bad side. No, I suppose. But the other three, if they're one, of the, I'm just saying, is it is it fair? But anyway, that's, that's well, another story. That's, I think that's why they've done. I think that's why you have done it this like this way around because they want to see a smaller side actually progress to them. Which is fine. Euros, but I think but you don't want you don't you don't want it to be like what happened with England the. Um, you can't be having a seven 0 a six one. Yeah. Who are you Panama? Oh, Panama. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, but England Panama, you don't really want to see a six-one in, in a tournament. Not a tournament, no. But then I, w- I will be fair with that because I was skeptical last time when it was the 2014 Euro 2016 mm. when the likes of Northern Ireland obviously wouldn't. That's normally, true. Yeah, although to be fair, them they didn't win their group, didn't they? That no, no, but still, but the on normal group. occasions those sort of teams mm. wouldn't get through, and none of them really got outshone mm. in that tournament. Mm. So I hope the same happens again. Yeah. But you can just see with the Nations League one now. Let's say a say a North Macedonia sneaks their way through. Yes, it's a great occasion to be there, but if you lose every game seven nil or whatever. Yeah. It could be a, a, a poor moment. It could put people off for 10 years. You yeah, know? So exactly. I hope it doesn't happen because we all love the major tournaments in yeah. the summers and fingers crossed they're exciting to watch. long as it is, no one will complain. Well, yeah, the draw for the um, tournament is, I think it's next week. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Considering, obviously, we haven't got... So when are these playoff schedules? It's it's June, March. I think it's the week after. March? March. December. Yeah, so the playoffs are during March. Wow. March 31st. I think <laughs> so potentially that, that all-island fixture could, could be... Could be on, on the Wednesday or whenever the day... Like, Sometime in March, yeah. And it could be no, something like the, the winner's going to know they're going to be in England and Wales as group. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. So, I, 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 um, well, potentially, it could have, part of it could still be in Europe and one team could be out of Europe by that point. Yeah, in, 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 in two, in two ways, ways, you know, more, one more than one way. But yeah. So I'll just quickly go through the pots for the Euros. Uh, pot one is Belgium, Italy, England, Germany, Spain and Ukraine. Right, wow. Pot two is France, the world champions, uh, Poland, Switzerland, Croatia... Netherlands and Russia. Don't worry if you don't know, but is this done on FIFA rankings or something? No, like that? Well, the, the, the draw is completed in... in uh, okay, no, that didn't give me an answer. Pot three is Portugal, the European champions, Turkey, Denmark, Austria, Sweden and Czech Republic. And pot four is Wales, Finland, who qualified for the first time in so, the major tournament and then the winners of the, the playoffs from path A, It's B, quite C, a fascinating D. thing. The World Cup holders, the European Championships holders and the highest rated side in the world rankings from Europe could all be in the same group. 
That's okay. incredible, I just got, I just got there. How seedings calculated. So seedings are based on overall European qualifying rankings, which are determined as follows. Results against teams in sixth, in sixth place are discarded. Okay, fine. So uh, final position in group, points, goal difference, goal scored, away goal scored, Wait, number of wins, number of wins away. I mean, England, no, no, take England for example. They haven't had a tough qualifying. England compared to, say, the top out of Germany and Holland because yeah. they've had the other one in exactly. Germany and London. So, uh, sorry, I've just got two more points, two more points. Ha- lower disciplinary points total, three yeah. points for a red card, including the second booking, one point for yellow, exactly. single yellow for a player in the match. And I... But that's, that goes against the rule of trying to help the smaller sides. And yeah. I... Position in overall UEFA Nations League rankings. That just made it so Why is so UEFA Nations League rankings last? So it, and why the hell is France in pot two and Portugal in pot three? And we're Portugal, in pot one. So in Portugal theory, won the Nations League. So am I right in thinking then you could potentially have a group of England, France, Portugal and say Wales? Yeah. Belgium are in pot one, aren't they? Belgium in pot one. Oh, yeah, so Belgium yeah. are the highest. I think they're still the highest ranked European side in the FIFA World Ranking. So you could have Belgium. I think Belgium are number one. But you could have Belgium, France. France, Portugal. And what's the highest in pot four, would you say? Wales at the moment. Still, aren't they worse? Like, I don't fucking know. Remote group, yeah. And also, England games. Uh, England, England really know what group they're in. In Group D, yeah. All their games are at Wembley. Because long term, that shafts teams later on in the sense of if you have a group of, say, Belgium, France, Portugal, and Wales, in some ways, winning the say you you know they play the runner up of the previous of, the, of another group or the Fair winner place. of another group plays yeah. runner up of them. I mean, you'll potentially end up playing France who finish runner-up in your group, and you think you've won your group. You could potentially, let's say, let's say Northern Ireland gets to the Euro yeah. in theory. They do amazingly. They win their group. They get the third place side in another group. Yeah, it's exactly. France. It's France. Exactly. Yeah, you know, you it. Absolutely incredible. But yeah, you, just don't make it that complicated. Make it. It, it was all the old ways. It's everything. Because they added more teams. Yeah, We've yeah, talked about a brilliant. I don't understand the seedings apart. So I'm. I'm quite stunned like France and Portugal in pop two and three we've talked about a brilliant week of football all relating to lower league or non-league football no it, and, oh, it's, right and it's we've, we've ruined it by talking about the politics at the time <laughs> and we finish as usual with our weekly quiz and what is it called gentlemen can you name it Oh, Craig, you're better than that. Ah, it's on the side now. I'm joking, people. Um, I believe the score is 9-1. 9-1. It was a very short quiz last time, so I've sort of erased that, so my head's the way. So I was going to go back to our internationals and things like that, but I'll save that for one more week, so I wanted to go for a quite obvious one. Right. Obviously, I know we haven't talked about it because we're not really Premier League and we're not normally following that sort of stuff, but... The biggest story of the week has, of course, been Jose Mourinho oh, going to Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah. And yeah. he has uh, joined a, a relatively big club now. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you a question based on that, which is, which Premier League managers have managed three Premier League sides or more in the Premier oh, League I've era? Oh, I've seen this. So I've seen, so seen it. It's been, it's been quite publicly spotted. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like, no, I've, I've only seen four seen names. It. I've only seen four There's names. lots of obvious names. And if it's any consolation, there's 29 in total. 29. Oh, what, 29 people have done 29 that? people have managed three Premier League clubs or more. Really? Going over the 26, seven years of the Premier League. Okay. 26 years. So, wow. Okay. I'm going to I'll ask you both, can you name them? I'll, go, I'll let Charlie go first. It is Charlie's go to go first. So uh, I will go with... Can I stick with the obvious one? Big Sam Allardyce. Big Sam Allardyce. Top of the pile with seven Premier League teams. <laughs> Bolton, Newcastle, Blackburn, West Ham, Sunderland, Crystal Palace oh, and Everton. I forgot wow. he did Sunderland. What a I forgot slut. he did Sunderland. <laughs> Absolutely. Left for the England job. Yeah, you oh, did. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris Hewton. Chris Hewton, Craig Savage is on the list with four. 
And those four clubs, Tottenham, Newcastle, Norwich and Brighton. Okay. Uh, so I need to think about this carefully. Before you you start just say the obvious one. He's already told you the answer. Okay, I'll, I'll get the elephant in the room out of the way. Jose Mourinho. Yes, three clubs. <laughs> um, of course, Chelsea, Manchester United. Right, Tottenham. Uh, Rafa Benitez. Rafa Benitez is on there. Let me just give you a bit of confirmation. Liverpool, Chelsea and Newcastle. I assume, yeah, Roy Hodgson. Roy Hodgson is on there as well, Charlie. We're flying through this because <laughs> it's an easy one. Blackburn, oh, Fulham, Liverpool, West Brom and Crystal Palace. I'll get run wrong in a minute. Back to Craig Savage. There's plenty of them, mate. Don't act like it's difficult. No, I'm just counterfeiting for this guy. Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers is on the list. And, <laughs> of course, he has managed three Premier League teams. Swansea, Liverpool and currently Leicester. Mm. No, yeah, two. I'm trying to think of... Yeah. There's some cracking names on him. Uh, no, right. no, no, no. <laughs> you just have to bear with me a minute. You don't. Know. <laughs> He's such a prick. <laughs> no, because I'm conscious of. I, I, I sometimes think there's obvious answers. So go for it. It turns out it's wrong. So I'm just. Oh, yeah. Of course. Of course. Why are you doing that? Of course. There's one that's currently in a job now. Yeah, there probably is. There um, is. No, I'm saying there probably is. Just for your benefit, Charlie, there's uh, four former West Ham managers on the list. Right, uh, I'll go for Steve Bruce. That's Steve a, Bruce, that's the one. That's the five game. Premier League clubs, Birmingham, Wigan, Sunderland, Hull and Newcastle at present. Craig Savage, back to you. Harry Redknapp. Harry Redknapp. That was going to be my next one. Another five Premier League clubs, starting West Ham, of course, then Portsmouth, Southampton, Tottenham and Queen's Park Rangers. Hmm. We've still got the second top on the list. On I, I think I've got the second one. We've got... One, one more on five and loads on four. Alan oh, Pardew. Yes. Alan Pardew is one of the ones on five. Charlton, West Ham. Charlton, I forgot you. Newcastle, Crystal Palace, and West Brom. And West Brom, yeah. I I remember Palace, Newcastle, and West Ham. To be fair. Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes is second Ooh. on six clubs. Blackburn, Man City, Fulham, QPR, Stoke, and Southampton. And never done well in any of them. That's not entirely true. He's, he's a fraud. <laughs> Those um, are the views of Craig Savage from the Honest Football Podcast. Yeah, at Craig Savage 89. <laughs> That's my Twitter handle. Uh, right. I need to think carefully. So we've, we've done all of the of the top say three. Fairly obvious. So we've only got people that have managed four and three clubs respectively. Oh, I start to come undone now. I've got one. Uh, you've only done one of the five people on four. Okay. No, you didn't mention the Premier League. I nearly said someone. I mean, if you if you bow out of this stage, you're going to kick yourself when no, you get no, something no, else. I imagine I will. Um, right. Oh, I've got a three. I've got a three. I've you just need to give me a bit of a little bit of time. Little bit. Oh well, you're editing, mate. Um, I don't know if he only did two. Uh, could you put your phone away, Craig Savage? Oh, sorry. I don't sorry. know if he did two. I was answering a message. <laughs> no, I'm not having that now. Um, for that one before. It's one of your favourite managers. I'll give you a clue. <laughs> that means nothing. It's to me. not related to Grimsby. <laughs> I'll give you a clue what it's going to be. Um, Just did, tap out, Charlie. Did he manage? I don't know if he did. I'm going to go Steve McLaren. Um, unfortunately, no, Charlie, he two, did not it? manage three. Borough, Newcastle, and then... Yeah. So QPR was only in the Championship. Ah, as right. was Nottingham Forest. Yeah. So, Craig, over to you. You've got at least 15, 20 names to win it. So, <laughs> Including three former West Ham managers. So, take your pick. So I'm going to name a couple for you. 
because I'm just being arrogant now. Um, <laughs> if you could stop after each one, and I'll tell you the clubs. So Tony Pulis, like Tony Pulis, three Premier League clubs: Crystal Palace, West Brom, Stoke City. Yep. Uh, Neil Warnock. Neil Warnock, four Premier League clubs: wow. Sheffield United, QPR, Crystal Palace, Cardiff. All oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I ran out now. To be fair. <laughs> uh, Would you like me to name the remainder for you? No, 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 no. I'll get one more. I'll get one. Oh fucking hell, David Moyes. David Moyes. David Moyes. Moyes. He's on four. Everton oh, United, Sunderland, West Ham. Fucking hell. Moyes. Yeah, Moyes. So you got two more left on four still. If you want to have a go. Is, any, is it current? Is he current? Neither of them are current. Oh, okay. Um, fucking David Moyes. Moisey, Moisey. I mean, Craig, you've already run the quiz, mate. So yeah, yeah just, go, just go, just go. Just go, okay. So Craig wins the quiz. 10-1, uh, congratulations. Let's go through the rest. So two more on four. Big Ron Atkinson. Oh, I thought Ron Atkinson. Aston Villa, Coventry, Sheffield Wednesday. Forest. Fucking uh, Forest. Do you know what? I forgot about Wednesday. I knew he was at Villa. I knew he was at Forest. <laughs> Who else? Who was the other two? Wednesday and Sheffield Coventry. 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 Oh, Coventry. Fucking hell. I knew that two of them. I um, knew that. The last one on four that you haven't named, Graham Souness. Oh, Liverpool, cool. Southampton, Blackburn and Newcastle. It's probably spoke for that. Oh, fucking hell. On to all the rest of the threes that you didn't name. George Graham, Arsenal, Leeds, Spurs. Oh, oh. I thought George Graham. I forgot he was at Leeds. Kenny Dalglish. Blackburn, Liverpool. Newcastle, Newcastle. Liverpool. Oh, yeah. No. Paul Jewell. Wigan. Bradford, Bradford Wigan, Wigan, Derby. Derby. Yeah. Avram Grant, Chelsea, Portsmouth, West Ham. Oh, the that's ultimate poor. worst manager. That's poor. I should have got that. Glenn Hoddle, Chelsea, Tottenham, Southampton. Yeah. Ian Dowie, Crystal Palace, Palace Charlton and Hull. Oh, fucking hell. Martin O'Neill, Leicester, oh. Aston Villa, Sunderland. Uh, Peter Reid, Man City, Sunderland, Leeds. Paul Lambert, Norwich, Villa, Stoke. Never fraud. Gary Megson, Norwich, West Brom, West Bolton. Brom, yeah. Joe Royal, oh, Oldham, Everton, Manchester. Oh, that's a brilliant oh, one. I would have got that. That was a brilliant shout. one. Dave Bassett. I fought him. I fought. <laughs> where was he? Sorry, right. he was at Forest. Forest, yeah. Leicester, Leicester. Yeah. On more. And Forest, Leicester, Wimbledon. No, North. In the North. In Borough. No, no, Sheffield United. Oh, oh yeah. of course. Fuck. I would have got that. Uh, I fought Dave Bassett. Former Premier League winning manager. The only other one there. Claudio Ranieri. Oh, Chelsea, yeah. Leicester, Fulham. Uh, and then the last one you didn't name was Marco Silva, current Premier League manager. Oh, that's I just Cole, see who's current. You went no. Oh no, on the ones on four, I thought when you were asking. Oh, that was a good quiz. So, a good quiz, slightly more answers than normal. I can assure you we'll be back to nationalities next week, so Charlie at least have a chance. No, no, I like that one. That was a good one. That was a good one. And that is it for today's ramble. Short but sweet. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you're on YouTube, you can give us a like and subscribe. And if you're listening on Spotify, thank you for listening. And look back on the other previous ones, like Bobby Madley and the Matchday Vlog. <laughs> you're doing that second bit again. <laughs> And that is it for today's ramble. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe and you can follow us on Twitter at HonestFootball3. And we'll see you next time. Oh, I'm just doing a simple... <laughs>